friends, welcome to Log On at 11, Spurgeon Baptist Church's online presence during this current COVID season. Uh, as always, we're going to follow a little liturgy just to hold our worship together. Uh, if you've got a print copy in front of you, everything in bold type is what we say together. Everything in light type I shall say on my own. If you're following on the screen, then everything in yellow type is what we say together. So let's begin. In the beginning, before time, before people, before the world began, God was. Here and now, among us, beside us, enlisting the people of the earth for the purposes of heaven, God is. In the future, when we will have turned to dust, and all we know has found its fulfilment, God will be. Let us pray. Loving God, you are faithful, just and forgiving. Help us now to grasp the greatness of your love. Where we have failed to love and loved to hurt, forgive us and heal us. Where we have scorned difference, and have been indifferent to those in need. Forgive us and heal us. Where we have spoken harsh words to others and have been quick to take offence ourselves. Forgive us and heal us. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Hello. We've uh, had to renew insurance on one of our cars this week, and uh, that took a little while to sort out. Uh, and once again, it has made more sense not to stay with my current insurer but to go and find somebody new, because by going to somebody new, I'm getting a better deal. Uh, I was thinking about this. When I first started to need to get insurance for vehicles, which is back in 1974, when I had my first motorcycle, um, it made sense, actually, in the 70s to stay with the same insurer, because they they tended to look after you. And uh, if you hadn't made claims, then, you know, your premiums reduced. Now, that's still the case today, but it seemed to be more beneficial to stay with your insurer. They didn't seem to push the price up um, more than they needed to. Right now, you know, it seems to me every time we come to renewal, um, it's 30, 40, 50 pounds, maybe more uh, than what I paid last year. And I've made no claim. So why on earth is that going to? Um, and when you look around, uh, as I have to do these days, then you find, you know, for first time buyers uh, with insurance companies, you can get significant discounts. And of course, that's what people do all the time now. So there's no reward for loyalty and faithfulness uh, in terms of your insurance company. And I was thinking about that 
in terms of business and economic activity. And I wonder if that's true in other marketplaces as well. And one of the reasons I'm thinking about this is is to do with what we're talking about today in, in the sermon. You know, we're we're talking about God's self-revelation over these next over these past few weeks and the next week or two as well. And today God talks about himself as being abounding in love and faithfulness. Uh, and it's been really interesting to reflect on that and think about that. Uh, and given you know that I was also sorting out insurance, I started to wonder, is it worth being faithful in any sort of relationship? And then, of course, you know, the penny dropped. Of course, it's worth being faithful in all of our relationships. Think, think about it. Um, those of us that are older and uh, are married or in long term relationship, you know, faithfulness to your partner. Actually, that's a really important thing. And trust, you know, and, and building trust over a period of time. Uh, and you you only do that by being consistently faithful to one another. So that's a significant thing. That's an important thing. But for everybody, just thinking about friendship. Isn't it better to know that you can rely on your friends? Isn't it better to know that your friends will be around and will be there for you and will be available to you if you need them? Uh, Always, rather than to think, oh, well, you know, he or she was my friend for this year, but I'm bored now, so I'll find another one, a different one. Your friendships won't last long, and your reputation, actually, I think would suffer if you were known as somebody who befriended for a year or less and then moved on to somebody else. I wonder what sort of friendships may or may not develop as a result of that. One of the things about God in what he says about himself today, abounding in love and faithfulness, I think that's really significant. And we can we can rely on God. Uh, we can depend upon God because he is faithful to us. Uh, and the reading I chose for today is a really long reading from Nehemiah. Uh, and Nehemiah just says to God, you know, we we have been rubbish in terms of this relationship. We haven't done very well. You know, you made a covenant with us. You, um, We promised stuff to one another. And we, the people, we've been really poor at this. But you, God, you've been really good. And on the basis that you are faithful, will you please give us another chance? Will you please help us again? And I think that's a really interesting thing to think about. So it's, you know, when we come to God, it's not about us being good. It's about us being honest. (laughs) If you're in a relationship with God or if you want to be in a relationship with God, The best approach always is to say, I'm not sure, if you're not sure, that I'm going to do very well with this, but I'm willing to try. Uh, But on the basis that you are always faithful, I'm going to come and offer myself to you.
please help me. I think, you know, if you could do that today, um, if you, I mean, some of you I know, you're, you're already friends with God um, and you talk to him regularly. Just be honest with him all the time. Don't, don't worry about anything. Don't be fearful about anything. Be honest with God. Uh, come to him and, and if you've got things wrong, just say, I know I've got this wrong. I'm really sorry. And I want to start again. I want to try again. Can we please start again? And God will always say yes on the basis of his character. That's a good thing to know, isn't it? Today's reading comes from Nehemiah, chapter 9, verses 5b to 21, and then 29 to 37. Blessed be your glorious name. And may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You gave life to everything, and multitudes of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldees and named him Abraham. You found his heart faithful to you, And you made a covenant with him to give to his descendants the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Jebusites and Gigashites. You have kept your promise because you are righteous. You saw the suffering of our forefathers in Egypt. You heard their cry at the Red Sea. You sent miraculous signs and wonders against Pharaoh against all his officials and all the people of his land, for you knew how arrogantly the Egyptians treated them. You made a name for yourself, which remains to this day. You divided the sea before them so that they passed through it on dry ground, but you hurled their pursuers into the depths like a stone into mighty waters. By day you led them with a pillar of cloud, and by night with a pillar of fire to give them light on the way they were to take. You came down on Mount Sinai, you spoke to them from heaven, you gave them regulations and laws that are just and right, and decrees and commands that are good. You made known to them your holy Sabbath, and gave them commands and decrees and laws through your servant Moses. In their hunger you gave them bread from heaven, and in their thirst you brought brought them water from the rock. You told them to go in and take possession of the land you had sworn with uplifted hand to give them. But they, our forefathers, became arrogant and stiff-necked, and did not obey your commands. They refused to listen, and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. Therefore you did not desert them, even when they cast for themselves an image of a calf and said, This is your God who brought you up out of Egypt, or when they committed awful blasphemies. Because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the desert. By day, the pillar of cloud did not cease to guide them on their path, nor the pillar of fire by night to shine on the way they were to take. You gave your good spirit to instruct them. You did not withhold your manna from their mouths, 
and you gave them water for their thirst. For forty years you sustained them in the desert. They lacked nothing, their clothes did not wear out, nor did their feet become swollen. You warned them to return to your law, but they became arrogant and disobeyed your commands. They sinned against your ordinances by which a man will live if he obeys them. Stubbornly they turned their backs on you, became stiff-necked and refused to listen. For many years you were patient with them. By your spirit you admonished them through your prophets, yet they paid no attention. So you handed them over to the neighbouring peoples. But in your great mercy you did not put an end to them or abandon them, for you are a gracious and merciful God. Now therefore, O our God, the great, mighty and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love, do not let all this hardship seem trifling in your eyes. The hardship that has come upon us, upon our kings and leaders, upon our priests and prophets, upon our fathers and all your people from the days of the kings of Assyria until today. In all that has happened to us, you have been just. You have acted faithfully while we did wrong. Our kings, our leaders, our priests and our fathers did not follow your, your law. They did not pay attention to your commands or the warnings you gave them. Even while they were in their kingdom, enjoying your great goodness to them, in the spacious and fertile land you gave them, they did not serve you or turn from their evil ways. But see, we are slaves today, slaves in the land you gave our forefathers, so they, that they could eat its fruit and the other good things it produces. Because of our sins, its abundant harvest goes to the kings you have placed over us. They rule our bodies and our cattle as they please. We are in great distress. God has a name and today we're thinking about abounding in love and faithfulness. Remember, God reveals himself to Moses, doesn't he? I mean, in the burning bush episode, and then you get this uh, much more explicit uh, revelation, self-revelation by God of, of his name in Exodus 34 verses 4 to 7 and our little series is just focusing really on an exposition of those uh, handful of verses. So in, in the burning bush episode, God says to Moses, you know, in, in answer to Moses saying to God, look, if I decide, yes, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do, the people are going to say to me, well, who has sent you? What am I going to say? And God's response is, uh, I am who I am, assure, assure. Uh, and we noted that be, because Hebrew is a bit slippery sometimes, you, you need to know the context uh, for what's being said and written uh, to get the the sense of um what tense is being used and so forth and so on so it could be i am who i am i was who i was or i will be who i will be i mean in in summary what god is saying is whoever i am i am this all the time whoever i am this is what i'm like all the time Whatever I'm like, this is what I'm like all the time. Um, so in, in Exodus 34, we get this um, Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh um, is uh, 
us saying he is. So when God is asked, who are you? He says, sure. Uh, when we're describing God, Yahweh, you were. <laughs> Without the vowels, that's what it would, you'd have to say. Um, so yeah, he is, he is. Uh, and repetition, we were reminded, is important uh, in the Hebrew language. If you want to emphasise something now, you'd either put it, if you were writing it, you put it in block capitals or bold, or you'd underline it, um, highlight it in a different colour. You know, there are all sorts of ways to draw attention. But in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, if you wanted to emphasise something, if you wanted to draw attention to something, you repeated it. So when God says he is, he is, which is what Yahweh, Yahweh means, um, we need to pay attention. We need to be focused on what God is saying because it's really important. So uh, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger. Uh, and today, abounding in love and faithfulness. And the Hebrew for those two words, hesed and emet, hesed, steadfast love, unfailing love, covenant loyalty. The translation is difficult um, because there's not one English word that captures the fullness of the Hebrew, uh, the, the Hebrew word hesed. Um, it's a covenant term which gathers together in itself all of the positive attributes of God abounding in love and faithfulness. Uh, and this is repeated in the next line of what God says about himself, maintaining love to thousands. And we've just said, haven't we, that repetition is important. It's the writer saying to us, pay attention to what is being said. So when God repeats himself, as he does, then, you know, that's God saying to us, be attentive. This is important. This is a key attribute of God, abounding overflowing, spilling over in hesed, loving kindness, steadfast love, covenant loyalty, and also in emet, uh, which is translated as faithfulness. Um, the literal meaning of the truth, the, the literal meaning of the word emet is truth. Uh, Jesus uses the word uh, translated into uh, into uh, New Testament Greek, uh, we find it. Um, and it's a word that we're familiar with. It's anglicised as Amen. The Greek word is Amen. Um, so Jesus very often will say, truly, truly, I say to you, Amen, Amen, I say to you. Um, the New International Version is not quite so good in, in the way it translates because it's translating... Uh, to try and help the flow of the English. I am telling you the truth. Um, truly, truly, I say to you, where there's repetition, it's important. Pay attention. That's effectively um, what Jesus is saying. I'm telling you something really important. Pay attention. Truly, truly, I say to you. Emet. Amen. Um, the sense of all of this, God is reliable. God is trustworthy. You can count on Yahweh. 
he will not let us down. Hesed and Emet, abounding in love and faithfulness. This is about God's loyalty. He will never, ever abandon his people. Uh, He is faithful to the bitter end, no matter the cost. And that reading from Nehemiah, um, that captures that really, that sense of uh, God's loyalty to us. I mean, what Nehemiah is doing with that reading I chose is he's recounting the history of the people up to that point. Uh, And he's recounting the history of God's dealing with his people up to that point. And his emphasis is all on God's character, God's faithfulness, God's being trustworthy and reliable. Um, It's all about that. You'll, You'll notice, as Angie was reading for us, the, the list is full of, you know, we have failed to do this. We've failed in this regard. We failed in this respect. We didn't hold up our end of the bargain. But you, God, you have held up your end of the bargain. Now, please, on the basis of your character, uh, and you will see echoes of Exodus 34, you will have picked it up uh, as Angie was reading. You will have been very aware of the language of Exodus 34 in what Nehemiah is saying to God on the basis of your character, Lord. Please be merciful. Give us another chance. Uh, And, you know, God's hesed, God's covenant loyalty is being appealed to. Um, We looked at covenant, didn't we, last year? We looked at the development of the covenant throughout the Old Testament and its culmination Uh, in Jesus, who's the embodiment of the new covenant. And that's what he says, isn't it? Uh, When uh, he's sorting out the Last Supper, he talks to his disciples, his friends, at that last meal together. This blood is my blood of the new covenant. And the blood of the new covenant sealed by my blood. And we we remember, don't we, every time we take communion, that we are (coughs) part of a new covenant understanding with God. And we, we looked at the way that that developed from the beginning with Noah and the rainbow and God's promise never to uh, bring destruction on the whole earth ever again, post the flood. Uh, then Abraham and the way in which the promise now is to one particular family or tribe or clan. Uh, then you know, David as uh, king and representative of the people. And finally, uh, Jesus, the new covenant, the, the bearer of the new covenant. And we reminded ourselves that this notion of covenant is is a sort of hybrid thing. It's a contract, uh, a solemn agreement or a contract and a promise all bound up together. And God always keeps his side of the covenant. He always keeps his side of the promise, even if we don't. Uh, And the Old Testament, in fact, is a long history of the failure of humanity's part to hold up our end of the bargain. Um, Even at the very beginning, um, when God has that first conversation with the human beings in the Garden of Eden, that paradise, uh, 
You know, you can eat from any fruit you like, but please don't eat from that tree. Uh, and then, you know, the the voice of the uh, accuser of the brethren, the Satan, his, his, his voice is introduced somehow. We don't know how. Um, we don't know why. But, he, you know, even in paradise, there is this potential for everything to go wrong. And it does go wrong. And from that moment on, you know, the... It, the story, as it unfolds, is all about God coming to human beings and saying, I will do this for you if you would do this for me. Uh, and human beings said, yes, of course, uh, we'll have you as our God and we will certainly do the things you've asked us to do. And then it's the long story, a litany of failure on our part. Um, we've failed to hold up our end of the bargain and everywhere you know, the, the thread runs through the Old Testament and we come to um, the Gospels and the beginning of God setting right. All the things that have gone wrong and the culmination of all of this will be when Jesus returns and God judges the living and the dead. And all the things that are wrong with the world will be put right once and for all and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and nothing will ever be the same again. So in, the, in that reading that Angie did for us, um, Nehemiah recounts the failure of God's people uh, to live up to their end of the bargain. Uh, our failure to live out our calling really, but he says, you God are faithful, you are uh, you are slow to anger. I mean the, the language, you, you can just see the language is redolent of Exodus 34 uh, and those few verses uh, that we're focusing on. Nehemiah believes that what God says about himself, sorry, Nehemiah believes what God says about himself. Uh, and for that reason alone, he comes on behalf of God's people to seek mercy and grace and the restoration of the people and the land which God had promised to Abraham. Uh, all the way back at the beginning in the you know in in that first narrowing of the covenant uh, moving beyond Noah where it was a much more universal thing um, but the the promise to Abraham uh, is descendants and land uh, and Nehemiah is sort of saying to God you know restore us restore us to the land that you promised to Abraham not because uh, we're better, not because we've learned our lesson, not because um, we're better in any way, but because of who you are, because you are true to your nature, because you are all the things that you say you are. Yahweh, Yahweh, uh, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Uh, and then we come to Jesus, don't we? Uh, God incarnate, God in the flesh. Uh, and also, I think it's fair to say, uh, representative of the people of God. The, the whole point of the covenants was that God would be their God, the God of the people, and the people would belong to God. And in their belonging to God, they would demonstrate what it meant 
to be God's people, to be a redeemed people. So they would they would mirror the character and image of God to the nations around them. This is this is what God wanted from his people, wasn't it? Uh, I will be your God. You will be my people. Uh, a light to the Gentiles. They were supposed to demonstrate what it meant to live in communion with God and with one another. What it meant to live in a harmonious relationship with God and with one another. They were supposed to demonstrate that to a watching world and they couldn't do it. So when Jesus comes, God in the flesh, you know, we we see in a human being what that relationship looks like. We see the, the unity uh, of father and son. And Jesus says uh, on several occasions, you know, I, I don't do anything on my own, off my own bat. I'm only doing what the father wants me to do. Uh, and he demonstrates what God is like. So he's doing that, you know, thing that the people were supposed to do. He's showing a watching world. This is what God is like. So he's representative uh, of God's people in that way, as well as being God. So it's quite something, isn't it? Um, Jesus, this character, this person, quite complex uh, and worthy of uh, thought and reflection and study. Uh, and again, friends, I would encourage you, if, if you haven't done it for a while, just to read the Gospels, to get to know this Jesus, to look again and to see what's there and to look at him and his character and see God, uh, see what God is like. So Abraham and the nation of Israel, they were supposed to show what God is like, but they couldn't do it. They were supposed to bless the world, but they couldn't do it. They failed. But Jesus succeeds in every way because God is faithful when we are not. This is why Jesus comes to the earth, isn't it? Um, he gathers up all of our failure and he takes it to the cross and he breaks the power of it there and then, especially when he rises from the dead. Uh, we are free because of that, because of God's love and faithfulness, because of God's Hesed and Emet. We need to hold on to this. We really need to hold fast uh, to this, especially if the circumstances of our lives right now seem to be at odds with what we believe God has promised us. I wonder whether God has promised you anything. And are you able to hold on to that even in the midst of the circumstances of your life. We mentioned in covenant earlier. Think about that covenant with Abraham. Uh, Abraham and Sarah were quite old. When God called Abraham and said to him, will you follow me? And Abraham said, yes, I will. Later, there was that proper covenant conversation. Go to the land that I will show you. This will be your land. Look at the sky. Do you see all those stars? Your descendants will be more numerous than those stars. Your descendants will be more numerous than the sand on the seashore. 
Abraham and Sarah were really very old at the time this promise was made, at the time this covenant was agreed. They are way past childbearing age. How on earth is this going to happen? Well, it happens by God's grace, doesn't it? Uh, we know that because we we can trace how the story unfolds, um, and we've you know we have the record of it, and it's there for us to see, and it's there for us to read. But when they're in the midst of it, Abraham and Sarah do all sorts of things, don't they, to try and make it work? Um, even down to Sarah saying, um, "Sleep with my maid servant," you know, sleep with a maid because I can't have children, but she can have children, and because I own her. They'll be like my children because she's mine. I mean, it's a bizarre way of thinking, isn't it, really, to, to us now in the sort of early 21st century. But it made absolute sense then. And of course, God helps those that help themselves. But that's not what God intended. God's plan was that Sarah would fall pregnant and it would be entirely because God willed it, not because, you know, Abraham and Sarah were able in any way, because they weren't. So Isaac is the child of the promise. And God brings about what he said he would bring about. Now, what are the circumstances of your life? When you look at what's going on around you and you think about what God may have said to you in terms of a promise, if such a thing has happened, can you see how that's going to work out? Don't panic. Trust God. Be faithful to him. Because he will be faithful to the promises that he has made to you. God is always faithful to his promises. We need to hold on to that. To remember it. And to let that Feed us, nourish us, encourage us. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you once again for the great privilege and responsibility of intercessory prayer. We begin uh, on a note of thanksgiving. Thank you, Father, for Io and for the completion of his studies uh, and for the fact that he is now ordained and is beginning his curacy with St Fried's Wives. We pray for him and his family as uh, they adjust to this change of status. We pray that the work that he does at St Fried's Wives will be fruitful and satisfying. Uh, we pray, Father, for our friends uh, in the Anglican Church and ask that you would bless them and encourage them particularly our friends at St Fry's Wise. We, we pray, Lord, for all those people in Canada and the US who've been affected by uh, the unusually high temperatures. Uh, it, it is extremely uncomfortable and difficult uh, at best. At worst, it means that people are ill and they die, and a number of people have died. We pray, Father, for all those who are bereaved and ask that you might draw near to them by the power of your spirit. 
We pray, Lord, for the emergency services in those two countries and ask that they might be able to mitigate much of what is going on there. We think about Afghanistan. It's not in our uh, news all the time now as it once was, but with the uh, drawdown of American and other international forces from that country, uh, Afghanistan is approaching a a tipping point really and the government will need to work hard to govern effectively. We know that there are lots of contested spaces still in Afghanistan and in fact that has been increasing over recent weeks and months, not decreasing. So we pray for the relationships between all of the uh, power brokers and stakeholders in Afghanistan. We pray that the good work that has been done would not be lost. We are at a loss to see quite how this is going to resolve itself, Lord, but we trust that it will, and we pray that it will not be at the cost of more blood. We pray for uh, Australia and all the folk in Australia um, having to undergo lockdown uh, because of a surge in COVID cases. Uh, we pray that they will soon come to grips with what's going on in their country and that they will be able to open up once again. Continue to pray for our own country. Thank you, Lord, for the progress that we have made. And we ask that that uh, upward trend towards opening uh, much of uh, our institutions, much of our country will continue on its present course. Help us to be patient in the meantime uh, and uh, we look forward, Lord, to a time when we can take advantage of all the freedoms that we once enjoyed without question. Thank you for all those who are engaged with the online Alpha course. We pray that both uh, those organising and helping and those uh, taking part as uh, interested participants will find benefit. Pray for the relationships that are forming and will be formed. Uh, pray that many will take a step closer to you because of what they're hearing and uh, of the conversations that they're having with others. Thank you, Father, for that opportunity. And for Lighthouse. Children's Holiday Club, which is due to take place in August. Thank you, Father, for those organising that uh, and for the work that's going on now in terms of preparing for that. Pray for all the children that will come, for the helpers that have already been identified, uh, for all those that will be involved. We pray that it will be a great time of blessing and fun, uh, a great time of enjoyment. And again, we ask that many would take steps towards you uh, because of what they experience in those few days in early August. Pray, Father, for our own junior church uh, and our junior church team, for Jane and her team. Uh, pray, Father, as we look towards the possibility of opening up later in the year, uh, that we will be able to do what we want to do. Thank you for uh, those uh, few children and young people who are attending church currently and benefiting uh, from Jane's care and attention. Pray that you 
continue to bless and encourage all who are engaged with our junior church. We pray for our friends, for Alison Tabor's father, for Chris, Ken, Eric, Graham, Adrienne, Hugh, Les, Dot, Margaret and Bob, Dennis and Shirley, Richard and Thelma, Naomi, Sharon, Jay, Terry, Georgina, June, Katrina, Mary. We pray, Father, that you will be all that our friends need in these days. Draw near, draw near to them, we pray, in Jesus' name. We say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We say the canticle together. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now go forth into the world in peace. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honour all people. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, rest upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Oh,